Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Nick Malekos, Senior Marketer at LearnWorlds. LearnWorlds.com is an e-learning company that is transforming self-paced learning. Their white-label SaaS platform offers professional trainers, training organizations, and businesses a hassle-free way to create their own personally branded online school. Learn Worlds functions as an educational amplifier, transforming the study of textual and video-based learning material into an interactive, social, gamified, enjoyable, and notably effective learning practice. Nick, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Hello, Morgan. It's a pleasure to be here, too. Thank you for inviting me. For sure. Can you walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now over at Learn Worlds? Yeah, I have a bachelor in media studies. And through my bachelor, I realized that I like marketing most of all. And the reason I like it is because I like psychology and how people are being affected by media in general. And now my focus was always on the internet. So digital marketing seems like a no-go. Mm-hmm. I move on through there on my on a master's on business. And this is why I'm helping here in Lerwos in both business and marketing and sales. And through this, I have always worked in kind of educational focused companies, like an educational media company, uh, then a college, and I have been doing some trainings for an NGO. I have been volunteering for years. So it makes sense for me to be on this digital marketing role in an educational focused company. Uh, so I have been here for Lergos for the last three years, and I'm the fourth employee of the company, seeing growing from uh, around 170, I think, customers when I joined. And now we have much more than 1,000. I can't wow. share exact numbers. We surpassed the 1,000 mark uh, last summer. Wow. That's a lot of growth. I want to ask about that for sure. Very interested in that. But I want to ask a follow-up question about your background. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned psychology, marketing, business, sales, kind of all coming together. You had the initial interest in marketing and psychology. I'm interested in the psychology of sales. Like that's one big thing for me. What is it about the psychology of marketing that is interesting to you? I like how people are being affected in, in groups. So I'm not a one-to-one guy. I have done sales for the company, but this mm-hmm. was, a, let's say, a side effect. What I have been doing is how you can automate sales, how you can reach more people, how you can convince people. Mm-hmm. So it's about argument, communicating your values, communicating the brand and the company there. And this is what interests me. 
And the best way if you communicate value, the value you are giving your customers, this is how you sell. And this is both a challenge and what I'm doing every day. Absolutely. I'm just taking notes here because I'm fascinated by this too. You know, my background is typically in one-to-one selling. You're selling one-to-many. Uh, you mentioned groups. Um, things that come to mind for me are social, like social media and yeah. groups. Like, so what's something? Yeah, let's yeah. say that here my, my main responsibility is content and SEO. So yeah. um, I'm in charge of our content, our how we do link building, and about our, our email newsletters, our email onboarding sequence, and I'm also working a little bit with our own academy. So it's all ways to get leads and nurture them into sales. Mm-hmm. So up to six months ago, I was doing personal calls. Now we have a growing sales team and I'm passing those leads to them. I'm not going doing a, I'm rarely doing actually any calls right now. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I might need to. It's a, a very good chance to have a one-to-one understand the, the problems of a customer. Because if it as a marketer doing the sales, so the one-to-one, I came to understand how valuable is this information to go to marketing and how you can use it to either, either write articles, automate the process, and scale it to a bigger audience. For example, I talk with someone and I see that one of the issues is that they don't understand how to use um, one feature of our product. And this is a more difficult feature because it's more complicated, and I hear it two, three, four, five times in the last three months on sales calls. Mm-hmm. So I go to my boss, I should suggest, so you see, I see this is a problem. Uh, let's write an article about that. Let's push it on Facebook remarketing. Uh, let's have it on our email sequence. And this is how you push your audience from just a simple user into an expert user, and they decide to buy your product because you have solved their issue. And instead of doing it one-to-one, which I started doing one by one, I move it into a mass scale. Gotcha. So you're collecting this feedback, listening to these customer questions, seeing where these patterns are, and then baking that into the marketing. Exactly. Gotcha. Makes sense. 170, 170 customers to 1,000 plus over four months. I know that's, uh, or excuse me, over four, over four years. Did I have that correct? Two, two and a half years, actually. Two and a half years. Excuse yeah. me, two and a half years. You know, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into that. What do you see as like the big, you know, one, two, three levers of growth that it takes to kind of like explode your customer base like that? What was it for you guys that... It's a lot of work, a lot of channels, and a bit of luck. It's a mixture because sometimes timing and luck is a, a huge uh, booster. So what we have seen, we were trying all the time to find the one single factor that can give us growth. But every time we notice that we're bringing growth for three, four channels, it's not one thing. And I'm a huge believer in doing one or two things, even in two marketing channels you know very well, and bringing from there the growth. And we have been doing that. That's why we focus on SEO. We bring a lot of traffic from there. But we see that every little bit from different channels growing our team and having someone specialized on one channel is helping us grow because you also diversify your strengths. If one channel fails, you continue growing. Uh, One good example, we noticed that one of our big pushers on growth of the first year was an article on Forbes that mentioned us. It was an article showing up first on Google results, and it was bringing us very relevant traffic. They mentioned us, they mentioned our competitors, but because we capture the traffic and we nurture the leads and we convince them, that traffic from that article actually brought us a lot of growth for about a year until the, the article left. It was removed from there. But by then we had built our SEO channel. 
So we are bringing that traffic anyway ourselves, and we have built a better PPC channel, and we are building a, a stronger affiliate network. So it's a good thing to have a strong focus, see where your your customers are coming of are coming from, and build on that. But also diversify that. So if one channel fails at some point, because things happen, things fail, and you keep the other channels and you continue growing. Gotcha. Build on channels that work. Keep doing what's working, keep improving what's working, but also diversify your efforts just exactly. in case, like you mentioned, that article um, doesn't start, you know, comes down and the traffic from there is gone. You then you saw that, that was you're getting qualified traffic. So you're putting more into SEO and content. I believe that uh, that article for a few months, it was bringing something like 25 percent of our customers. Wow. And by the time it was removed by Forbes, it was less than 10 percent. So we grow our other channels so much that it was not a big impact. Of course, it's a small one. We, um, we prefer to keep those customers, but still uh, we had diversified so well that we continue growing. Gotcha. And this kind of goes into, you know, when we talk about trends in marketing and sales technology, you're identifying trends in your own business that are happening and figuring out which marketing channels to work on because of it. So what you handle SEO and content, you can answer with the, new, the Forbes example, kind of what after that, or just mm -hmm. like in general. But let's say, you know, you see that, hey, we're getting a lot of qualified traffic from this, like the Forbes article. And mm -hmm. okay, we're going to focus more on SEO and content. Where do you go from there? What are like some steps you take from there? First of all, if you are thinking about SEO, you need to do some good research. So okay. you need to see what is the traffic and if this is traffic has business value. For example, right now we are working on improving our SEO efforts and we're working with a very good agency on that. And when the guy came and he suggested them like a hundred keywords we should target, the first thing I wanted to see is that not just the traffic and how much traffic those articles are bringing, I had to think about the level of the funnel we're targeting. Because you have the opportunity to target a keyword that might be difficult or not so difficult and bring you 10,000 visitors per month but I might prefer to bring 100 qualified visitors than 10,000 visitors. So you have to balance those and decide based on your experience. Are those people newbies on your product? Are they going to be low paying customers? Are they corporate enterprise? Are they coming from a competitor? For example, a very big trend I see on SaaS companies, I see they are targeting alternative of their competitors. For example, yeah, you'll for see sure. Mailchimp will be hitting uh, alternative to active campaign. Um, Shopify might be targeting an article for alternative to WooCommerce and vice versa. So I see that a lot. And this is like a ready traffic that they might want to leave or migrate from a competitor or they might have done their research. And the bottom of the funnel, they're ready to buy. Those leads should be going directly to a sales team and talking about migration or talking about pricing level because they have done their research. But if we take the Shopify example, bottom of the funnel is if they're looking for WooCommerce alternatives. But if they're looking, can I make money with drop shipping or what should I sell through a drop shipping? That's top of the funnel. Mm -hmm. You need to take this lead, educate them, get them into a, a sales funnel that might take one week or six months until they convert to paid customers. You need both because you want customers now, but you want customers in six months and the one year because we, this is what we see also. We see people coming up after one year or one and a half year to buy and they're high paying customers, they're corporate mm. customers, they're B2B, that they, they have a long research cycle. 
So you need a, a good mixture of both, but in the beginning of a SaaS company, you are looking for the most qualified leads, and then while you grow, you look for the least qualified. And by then you have to have built your nurture channels to have less qualifying leads. Gotcha. So when you're looking for potential customers, you're starting with the most highly qualified bottom of the funnel towards the bottom of the funnel customers that are really close to buying. Right. And then you're moving up from there and targeting more and more people. And when you are scaling, you need to target more. Gotcha. Gotcha. As you build that out and you're building out that content, right. And you're building out, you're diversifying who you're targeting. I assume you are then once those people enter, you're following up with them via email of some yeah. sort. What does that look like when it comes to getting them from, okay, now they're interested in, in our funnel to purchasing? Like, what does that look like? So we noticed that we have a few high converting uh, resources on our website. So the first one is the webinar. We see high conversions from people who are joining our webinar and we want to push them for, to a webinar. So we tested this a little bit and I had an email, a webinar article going on 24 hours after they created trial on us. But now I have it, I think, was it one hour or a few minutes after they have a trial? So the first email they oh, received wow. from us is you create your school and a few minutes later, it's join our webinar directly because uh, it also depends on the complexity of your product. If you have an easy product, a cheap product, you go for a quick sale. But if you have a complex product, you need to educate your customers. We have a complex product, so we need a webinar. Another thing that they're getting, um, if they're not a trial lead, if it's a simple lead, I send them our best resources, and one of them is our academy. So LearWords is a course platform to create courses and education. One way that SaaS companies like us use the academy is either lead, lead capturing mechanism, that means you offer a free course to get their email, or as a nurturing mechanism, you teach your customers how to be expert users of your product. And being an expert user, it means that you, um, you make them tightly, you connect them with your product as tightly as possible. They know how to use it and they like you. They don't want to move to anyone else and they become paying customers pretty soon. And then they actually spread the word because they're an expert user of your product. So I push them also to join our academy. Uh, I try to tell them we have free courses on how to use LearWords. We have free courses on do how to do your video for your course. We have free courses on how to sell courses. So they get involved with our brand. And the more time you spend in our brand, the more loyal you become, the, the more you interact, the more time you spend, the more time it, it's more, more possible to stay there. Gotcha. So you're really building in lots of education and support for people. Yeah. Not like one-to-one support necessarily, but this just these tutorials it's, it's, it's different sales funnels uh, educational funnels let's say let's call them yeah this is also the first part the last part is uh, the sales funnel like uh, we have a sales rep that is sending them an email do you need any help and they're also receiving more emails on the basic things they need to do like step by step do this do that and it's based on uh, actions that we see that lead into conversion the most impactful thing I see is the, the last part of my sequence, which is also a little bit uh, exciting and surprising because the last part is the expiration. When you start using FOMO, because uh, we let them know that they have a few days left on the trial, the, this is expiring, or can I get some feedback because you, you didn't buy these emails? 
might look like normal product emails, but they're actually very good to get the, the odd fruit that didn't decide by themselves. They have a longer cycle. They need to communicate with, with a person. So while I'm doing the mass communication, I'm also having on the end of my funnel some very effective emails on making my customers communicate back with me and go into either a sales rep or um, a support person. And this helps us stop anyone who will leave because they had an issue and we never know that they never conducted us and because they didn't know how to conduct us. You're doing this education and then leading them to you know, this kind of decision point where you're yeah. putting in, you know, you put a time on it, right? Nothing happens in this world without a deadline, right? You put a deadline on it and you sprinkle in some FOMO for anyone who doesn't know what that is, fear of missing out, right? That they're going to miss out on something and trying to push them towards a rep or a support person. Um, yeah. Got it. Okay. I, I love feedback that. is always great and feedback is a great way to sell. So just asking feedback from your customers can open a conversation that can lead to a sale. Even if you're not going directly, let me tell you about pricing, see your project or whatever. Just give me your feedback. What was your trouble? Some people just send you, you know, I didn't have enough time. Mm -hmm. Or I need to convince my manager to finalize this process and have a, I need an invoice or I need a presentation to convince my manager. And we help, help them answer their questions, get them to the presentation. Gotcha. So at that point, your sales rep and support or your support person, they're, they're essentially playing both roles, right? They're just at that point that the prospect has had so much exposure with your brand and, and has been helped so much by you and educated so much that they're just kind of trying to get rid of the last little bit of resistance, it seems like, yeah. because of like logistical issues. Hey, I need an invoice or hey, I need to convince somebody you know, to make a presentation. So you guys will help. You know, I'm sure case by case basis, but you will help a you know rep in a company or someone in a company like build a presentation like a PowerPoint or something or keynote to show. We'll not give them the template or the presentation, but we'll answer their questions because there gotcha. are people are coming with a uh, hundred questions. It's a bit difficult sure. to answer a hundred questions, but if they have with twenty points and didn't find themselves, we'll help them finalize them. They will send the information, so they can build whatever they want to. And through this whole process from beginning to end, you're not what the traditional or what someone thinks about as a salesperson, which is like or trying to make a sale, trying to convince somebody to buy something, which is like the negative stereotype salespeople or marketers have. Yeah. You're really just helping them to get better through this whole thing, right? You're helping them with content. You're helping them with, you know, academy webinar, like higher levels of education. I mean, you're, you're just literally helping them make a decision. So you're like exactly. on their side of the table the whole way through rather than like sitting across from them. So yeah, really this is my role. Of course, we have the salesperson, but uh, we see education as the best way to sell. And yeah. this is how we also market our product yeah, because we believe that a good user, someone who knows to use your product is, uh, is your, the, your best weapon inside the company, especially we're talking about the corporate. Because how corporates work is that they will send prob probably an intern on a low level executive. They will ask them, give me the three to five best options. So you want to be on the final list. And if they like you, if they have a good touch with you, you have a face to face communication and close relations, you will be on the final list. And then it's a number of conversions game when you get the sale or not, depending on the, also on the needs, the features, et cetera. I love that. A lot of times, like you mentioned, you don't get the opportunity to speak with, you know, the final person who's making a decision. You have to relay that through 
you know, somebody else, like a mentor, yeah. an intern. If you're going head to head against a, a few other companies, you know, you've given them so much more content, so much more education, so much more value, right? And even if that executive does, like if they're deciding between you and someone else, click over to your website and see what's going on just because they're curious, they're going to see all that value there. Yeah. They're going to see that, wow, this is, you know, if we ever get stuck implementing with this, or if we ever, you know, have a question down the road, there's so much self-serve that we can go to. There's so much, you know, we know that they're really helpful. Look at all the help available. So it's just, it's just like this cycle yeah. of uh, value you're creating. Yeah, and a very interesting example, I was talking with a friend uh, a couple of months before. He was showing me the example of Amazon, what they are doing with uh, Amazon Web Services. Mm -hmm. If you go to their website, you will see that they have training material, and they tell you that for every one of your employees taking this training material, you get a specific amount of credits towards Amazon wow. Web Services. So let's say you have a big company and you're using Amazon Web Services for a year, you have 100 employees, and that gives you free credits. It becomes, it's already the cheapest service, and then your employees are being forced by your ma their manager to do take the training because he will probably cut off the budget for one month. Then next year, they're thinking if they should move to a different service, Amazon might have become too expensive, um, they might want to change or considering about it, but you have a hundred employees trained in Amazon Web Services. You have them so tightly connected, your team and uh, your service, that you cannot actually move and migrate from there. That's how you teach and you make expert users of your product in a company that they become your agents inside the company. And they will think not just twice, they think 10 times just to move on. That's how you reduce churn. Wow. I did not know they did that. That's extremely interesting. Of course, Amazon does that because they do yeah. just about everything right. <laughs> I was looking for data and didn't find any public data on this study, on this uh, experiment. I'm still looking to see exactly if they shared any data on the conversion, the churn rate, and this kind of information will be very interesting to find it. Absolutely. I want to take some time to talk about Learn Worlds and to discuss, you know, who's the best fit for your product, if someone's listening, who could benefit, and you know how you guys help people and kind of go into, into that for some time. Okay, so the best person to use LearnWords is someone who cares about education more than not because there are a lot of course platform and we're talking about simple services that just give a video or up to very extensive educational LMS like Moodle. Most of us have used Moodle in the university at some point. And we're about the middle player in this level. We offer a very good learning experience, a platform that can create your website and can support you in the sales process with uh, the commercial features to sell the courses, to market the courses, to be SEO enabled, to landing pages, but we focus a lot on the learner's experience. So your students will actually be learning. We connect with many integrations. And so you can have full marketing funnel or connect with your website, your CRM or your API and have all your services integrated and working well together. We're the best fit for any professional trainer. For example, we see a lot of people either training online, they want something better than what they are using. A lot of our customers are coming from WordPress sites with a WordPress plugin and they got tired of having 10, 15 plugins and maintenance and we offer a full all-in-one solution with maintenance, with support, with everything they need. And we see a lot of people coming from trainers workshop trainers that they got tired of traveling from city to city, from company to company, and they want to take their job internationally or offer an add-on to their workshop trainings through LearWords. And those people are doing either 
professional training to companies, selling to individuals, doing compliance training, certification training, etc. The other part is the SMEs, who are very good for small to medium businesses and even small enterprises, but they want to do their internal training or they want to teach their customers, so they even want to sell their courses. A couple of examples there. We are working with a company in South Africa. They're a big telecommunications company there. They use us for training their employees because they have a lot of compliance internally and they need to train and retrain their employees every three months. And they hire a lot of people. They let go a lot of people. But they also work with a lot of uh, partners and subcontractors. They also need to train mm. their subcontractors through a platform. The other case is that we see big companies that they want to do internal training, but they are not using the traditional LMS anymore because those traditional LMS do not offer sales features. They want to go out and sell their courses to the public. A big company operating ships around the world here uh, in my area will contact with us because they are smaller competitors who are asking for their HR training and they wanted to sell the training to other people. Um, and then it's uh, a lot of people who are doing either coaching or SaaS companies like that, that, that they want to do their academies. There are a lot of use cases. Either you want to make money, train your employees, or educate your customers. I love that you have these defined customer segments. Right. Like, you know them off the top of your head. And I was like, who are your customers? You know, boom, 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 boom. And I, I'm sure that is a reason for your growth, right? You know your customers so well and know their problems or issues, what they need. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. incredible. Um, it's yeah. actually a very big segment because almost everyone is involved in education. Either you want to have a, a small skill and you want to make some money on the side teaching it, or and as we are moving into a more knowledge-based economy, training, retraining, compliance, certification, uh, continuous professional education, all these are growing. And unfortunately right now, because of the, we're talking in the midst of the COVID-19, Mm -hmm. We see tremendous growth the last two weeks because we did some activities and we started having growth. And then we saw that people in their houses that are exploring and learning as an alternative to going to the office, not losing their workshops, their training, their compliance and their employees. So even that has pushed people to consider something that they should have done before because e-learning and training, it's very expensive. It's companies that are investing a lot of money on that. and. Taking it online uh, reduces your cost. You can have better trackable results and you can actually scale it to a bigger percentage. Like instead of doing workshops for 10, 10 people every time, you just ask your employees to do it. They're training at home, take the exam, get certified immediately. You can even do it as a pre-hiring session, mm -hmm. a screening session. It's so many advantages that now this is something that pushes people to move and explore e-learning more seriously. And while we're seeing growth the last few years, the whole industry in all levels, right now this month, the growth, the search, the trends uh, are off the charts. Wow. Now I wanna ask you a question about this, and this is kind of like a, an e-learning psychology question. So <laughs> I completely agree with what you said about, you know, how I think any logical person would too, that, you know, with e-learning, you're able to really drill down and, and see like, you know, who's learning what, like if you're in a classroom, you never know, like, you know, who is actually learning, you know, if you have a corporate trainer, like who's learning what, but with e-learning, you can track that. And of course you can train people anywhere, but I still feel like, and you know, especially in the States too, there's a psychology behind like 
if managers don't see that person in the seat, you know what I mean? When it comes to learning or, or remote work or whatever, then it's like they feel like they're losing control. Yeah. Do you see that resistance to would you sell uh, industry? There's actually research literature on manager issues that people who go to work versus people who do remote work get more promotions. But there is also that if you see remote work, the reason that is growing is because companies want to get better talent. People started to get uh, worried and tired of moving around right. and driving long distances or spending a couple of hours in a metro or in the car every day. For example, I, I was living in the UK for three months and I was living with a friend and then I was looking for a job. The job I found was one hour by metro away from the, from the house. Mm -hmm. uh, would I prefer to spend two hours every day on the metro or at least two or three days working from home? This is where managers are going. Even all the managers understand that if they want to have the best talent, they want to offer mm -hmm. some perks. Remote work is seen also as a perk, but it's also in danger because you need this close touch to understand someone, to feel close to someone. When you're, right. How are you trying to decide if someone is worth promoting? And right. we see this challenge in our company because as we say, we want to have the best talent. And unfortunately, near our, our three HQs, we don't have enough talent and we need to look remotely and we're based in Cyprus and Greece, but we're also looking for em employees around the world. Mm -hmm. And we offer this remote work. And there is also this question that, is this person performing? Is this person not, not performing? Uh, how can I keep track of this person? Not just push them to work more or harder or be an evil manager, let's say, but we have to keep in touch. Even right. with the persons of my team, I try to have almost everyday communication with uh, my content team and one of the persons is working remotely from another city, another country. And I try to have a meeting with the whole team every week, at least one hour, uh, just to have this person feeling closer to the team, feeling mm -hmm. better. I see that this is working. It, it makes people feel better. Um, this kind of touch, even digital touch helps. The same is uh, with our business development and marketing team. Uh, we had some issues that we didn't communicate enough. Even I felt that when I was working from home, I was feeling a little bit alone. And then we moved to having a quick meeting every day, just an update meeting. And this changed the mood of the team. Like everyone is feeling mm. much better because there is this more communication. You have to balance it and you have to offer the communication in at least an, if not an everyday level, at a weekly level to keep your team satisfied and to actually know what your team is doing. And yes, it's a challenge to track the results and be sure what everyone is doing. But you know, you can be productive even working four or six hours. The thing is the results. See the results, and if your team is producing, then this is uh, that, it doesn't matter if they work four hours or eight or 12. The thing is, do you see results? Then you, you have to stop thinking about uh, how to control your team and more like letting them free and supporting them in, in succeeding. This is the gotcha. same with e-learning. You give them opportunities. E-learning will never fully uh, replace the physical training and physical education. You need both. E-learning is just a good thing to have. It's a very good thing. It will reduce costs and it will allow people to learn more. But it's not a full replacement for physical education and physical, physical touch. That's true. Love that answer. That's awesome. Nick, if people want more information on Learn Worlds, if they're interested in chatting with you about something you mentioned today what is the best way to get in touch if it's uh, just to connect i would prefer linkedin i use linkedin a lot i communicate with people i post once in a while and 
I try to keep it in touch. So professionally, it's better there. If you're interested in e-learning, you can check out www.lergos.com. Most of the emails you, uh, you will receive from any sequence, I see them. So reply to any emails, our team will help you, and most probably I will be replying to your email. And you can find me directly at nick at lergos.com if you want to get in contact. Awesome, man. Well, it's been great chatting with you today. I learned a lot. Uh, I'm sure anyone listening to this will have learned a lot as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing the continued growth of you and your company. Thank you. Awesome. You have a good one, Nick. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.